0: Hey folks, welcome back to New Roads with myself, Jordan O'Donnell. This past week we were in Baltimore on the Zoom Garden promotion tour and stopped in to Protean Books and Records, had a great conversation with the owner, Matt Beneshevitz. Great guy, really cool, interested in a lot of stuff hung out with him, chatted about Amazon's takeover, what America is going to look like after COVID, and whether or not our road trip may or may not be considered a cult. Uh, really interesting conversation, got to hang out with him afterwards too and see some of the protests going on in Baltimore. Great guy, cool time, check it out, I think you guys will really enjoy it. Matt Beneshevitz, how are you man? Good. We're here at a Protean Bookstore, and this is a bit more than just a bookstore. It's kind of a pretty big warehouse, I think.
1: Yeah, it was. Um, the warehouse was founded in 1890s. It's kind of. I'm trying to make it like a mixed use space, so part retail with um, books, old vinyl records, and um, uh, like media and things like that. And we'd planned an event space uh, adjacent to it. But uh, with the pandemic, we don't really know when um, people are going to be able to gather again. So that project's on hold. And we have um, a few other things like in the works, like a photography studio and a music recording studio. So we're trying to make a creative art space out of it.
0: Cool. That's sweet. So what do you mean exactly by creative arts? Just having artists from kind of all around the city, all around the state come in here and do different things?
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't have a very specific plan, but, um, you know, every once in a while, like a... Um, Uh, a warehouse space you know kind of gets used for you know multiple creative um endeavors so if there's somebody you know filming like a music video or a photographer right or um you know maybe you record a a band records a song in the recording studio and then goes upstairs to the photography room and records like the music video or something like that maybe we can like do everything here you know instead of traveling to multiple places
0: cool so is you have background in literature, music, all all sorts of different arts is that
1: I mean my, I I was a graduate in physics so I actually have a science background I kind of just dropped everything and did some traveling around the world most most of the um most of the jobs I'd say like when I graduated it was probably around 2005 most of the well paying jobs were in um contracting which was it was during wartime so most of my friends did pretty well in those jobs that it wasn't i didn't want to be building weapons or um or contributing to that and i just didn't find any immediate jobs in you know the pure sciences so i um uh, eventually ended up doing a business after traveling around and volunteering myself
0: cool what was the travel was you peace corps or uh
1: no i just found a um a nonprofit in iceland um it was environmental and um and was there on and off for three years i was actually on track to become a uh Icelandic citizen, but uh, this was 2008, there was a um, economic collapse that was worldwide when all the banks were failing, and Iceland was probably the worst hit country, and uh, I was (laughs) expelled from the country along with all the foreigners that had uh, work visas, and so that kind of ended that um, endeavor, or else, who knows, I might be an Icelandic citizen by now.
0: Dag, have you been back since?
1: I haven't, but I'm in contact with the people, and um, Iceland was one of the places that handled the pandemic extremely well, um, had different like testing strategy where they're te- randomized, uh, testing rather than only test people with symptoms. And I mean, their um, their countries opened back up to tourism and wow. it's, I mean, one of the safest right now in the world. I'm thinking about going back just because flights are cheap and yeah. they got it going, <laughs> they got it going, you know?
0: Yeah. What do you do? Wow air? Wow air gets you there for like a hundred bucks sometimes.
1: Yeah. And that was before the pandemic, I heard I heard prices really tanked you know recently, so
0: dang that's crazy, man. Yeah. So we chatted a little bit before this, just about the city of Baltimore and everything, um, and you know trying to be a, trying to own a bookstore, a business owner with with everything going on there's a lot going on in the world right now, and um yeah i mean what's what's that like trying to make everything happen
1: It's okay uh, retail's in, in an inevitable decline it's always going to be a struggle there's not going to be a lot of money made in any business where people have to virtually show up um to exchange money i think most most things are going to be going online or electronically in the future um we can already see it happening malls are dying um we're having to find new uses for you know old buildings that we um had planned for for retail and uh i'm kind of lucky with a store like mine it's um I can roll with the punches a, a lot more than you know a franchise so you might see Macy's you know closing stores all across the country like a, a big chain or something like that because they have corporate policies you know that they can't really break but um, stores like mine are kind of have like a little environmental niche where they can you know um, make little ch- subtle changes and do things differently when the the time calls for it and I have a feeling like some of these places will survive longer than you know um a lot of these big chains all the for instance all the record store chains are completely gone yeah there was there was like at least five huge ones when i was younger and now there's zero you know
0: yeah so you think the mom and pops can be a little more flexible
1: that's actually what the word protean means actually being able to uh adapt to um different situations right and uh so
0: yeah do you where do you see it going i mean do you see amazon being the just just complete monopoly across the nation
1: yeah i mean i fear if i had to make a prediction i fear that amazon is going to basically be the only game in town extremely soon um i think the pandemic accelerated that theme because so many people were just forced inside and forced to basically purchase everything for three months right and uh their infrastructure uh, build it up, and there was i mean their stocks shot up, and they hired thousands and thousands of people across the country and yeah, I think the pandemic will people will look back at it as a turning point for a lot of a lot of things that um were kind of never the same and yeah, I do kind of worry that amazon's going to take over the world <laughs> um, even like the technology they 're building if you 've ever seen inside their warehouse it's uh pretty astounding they have um they basically have little uh, what is, what's the vacuum cleaner that goes across the floor called the um,
0: yeah, I know what you're talking about yeah is it
1: Roomba and it, it'll go in like three city blocks and pick a sh- entire shelf of books up and bring it back to a worker, you know, and there's like artificial intelligence inside, and like uh, they're just reinvesting every dollar they make into um, like research and development, and they're basically like perfecting the model. It used to be like you perfect a model and everyone would do it, but like they're going to be, I don't know, they're perfecting the model and they're the only ones. <laughs> right, no way. Ha- they're just, yeah, they're, be- they're buying or beating every- everybody at the, at the game. So.
0: Right, nobody can keep up. Yeah.
1: The stores like mine are forced to use Amazon because you yeah. if you list on your your own site, you're going to maybe get like three people a week yeah looking at it. But if you listen on the Amazon site, it sells in 30 seconds. So right. It's like it's kind of sad because you're forced, you're (laughs) you're forced to play the game when it's the only game, you know.
0: Yeah, you like you don't want to at all because you don't want to be really, you know, a supporter of of something like that and this big monolith that's kind of just taken over. Mm -hmm. But you're kind of forced to in a lot of ways. Yeah, (laughs) stuff. Right? Do you? uh, How else do you see the the pandemic maybe permanently shifting culture and other things?
1: Um, A lot of like traditions and the United States are kind of antiquated or uh one of them is uh, like working for home I never really understood why we didn't shift to um more of a um like task oriented workplace rather than time oriented like Mm -hmm. the old paradigm seemed to be like you know a boss walking by and uh, making sure you're not screwing around (laughs) your cubicle (laughs) or something like that but I never understood why um they couldn't these companies couldn't cut costs by just you know, paying people for the job and you don't, you don't need to be there for most of the things that, that we do. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of like these like zoom meetings, but, um,
0: yeah, the, the, me tr- neither.
1: the truth is you most of these jobs don't, they're finding you don't n- need to be at work, you know?
0: Right. So you think more of a world where people are living in their own, the comfort of their own houses and maybe getting paid to do a couple hours worth of work and instead of just sitting at an office all day.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know to what extent, but I mean, definitely I I've feeling a lot of people aren't going to go back to the office just cause it's, you know, they've been doing it and it's been working. Maybe it's worked better. I'm sure these companies are crunching the numbers, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the distance learning? Cause you know, we chatted briefly a little bit before this about the education system and everything. Mm-hmm. And you know, as an intellect yourself, how do you think that's an effective way to learn?
1: I would always learn better with, um, you know doing things by hand either writing it writing it down or or on the chalkboard and when somebody just like shows you the powerpoint and then it's like gone 10 seconds later like nothing's retained right well, that was me like that's how like i was raised um and educated but like the kids now i have no idea um what they're finding but kids are learning it in entirely new ways i mean you could i've seen like three-year-olds like m- moving around an ipad you know like, in- incredibly fast and they know what they're doing like what they're looking for and things right. like that so who knows um who knows like the full extent i guess te- technology is going to have on you know th- the brain's development as far as learning is concerned it's it's i'm sure it's an interesting topic i just don't don't know too much about it right the
0: pedagogy of yeah it's what happens to the brain when it's introduced to technology at that early of an age? Cause yeah. even, you know, I'm, I'm at an age where it came in kind of late. Like I, I didn't develop with technology. Mm-hmm. And so it sort of came in where I'd already learned a lot of things and then it, it, it became part of my life. But for people like you're saying, three year olds that are using iPads, mm-hmm. maybe the brain will develop in a way where they, they kind of learn to learn that way.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's going to change something for sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's just the, the speed just the speed alone at, at, that, that information's coming
0: in you know for sure cool man well i I know you had a couple questions for us i don't want to keep you here for for ten hours uh, so uh,
1: uh, presumably um, it's a promotional tour for the for the book uh, right. in some respects, but it sounds like um, there's a lot a lot more goals um, so all I know is that you have somewhere between like fifteen and twenty paid (laughs) uh um interns who are traveling with you and some have like certain skills yeah and um they're going to be traveling with you throughout this entire process and it's some sort of journey that you can describe a lot better than me this is kind (laughs) of where where i where your knowledge is right right knowledge ends and yours. All right, well, I'll I'll
0: give you a brief overview and you interrupt me as needed. Um, Yeah, so I used to work for the FBI. Mm -hmm. And while I was working for the FBI, got pretty frustrated with a lot of stuff going on in the country and um, just kind of like the overall division that's occurring. Mm -hmm. So decided to pursue literature and wrote this book, Zoom Garden, which is a political satire about what's going on in the country right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, decided not only did I want to, you know, Talk about the book, but also kind of wanted to take this sort of like epic anti-corporate sort of like mildly countercultural like trip Mm -hmm. um, and kind of a different way to approach and and sell the book. So, uh, yeah, we we got a school bus and converted it, got two travel trailers and uh, hired 21 interns. And now we're uh, we started started about a week ago. Everybody got into town and Mm -hmm. been having orientation for a week and now we're about to hit the road.
1: All right. So my first three thoughts were. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: my first thought was that, and I don't, I don't mean if any of this comes off condescending, it I really don't mean to. The first thing I was thinking was the uh, bus, the school bus from um, into the wild. Yeah. It's like spiritually important for people so much that people were taking um, pilgrimages to. it, yeah. Basically,
0: like vision quests and, out there. Yeah.
1: And people were dying, and the the park rangers were had enough of it so they um they just uh helicoptered the the bus out really like, like three five days before um this so like when <laughs> i heard about it i just looked at the two buses to make sure they weren't the same bus. <laughs> that was my like whether you like refa- fashion because there's not a whole lot of like spiritual buses in in literature or, right you know, right, that. right. That was, and you're the other you might not hear that one again but you're gonna hear um, some Mary prankster references yeah yeah so like you might have some people asking you if like there's like some drug use <laughs> yeah, right. on the bus <laughs> right i would assume
0: yeah i had a uh what a, <laughs> one of the interns that applied um she wanted to accept it and her, her father called me up and just said i got i got a couple questions before i can you know really put my fatherly approval over this and he's like all right when you tell me book bus tour all i think of is the merry pranksters mm-hmm. which at the time i had no idea what he was talking about right. and uh for those who don't know it's it's ken Kesey in the 60s and it basically like started the the hippie movement um and they were just doing speed and lsd all the way across but uh-huh. yeah this is this They're is not a
1: more tame uh, a more tame approach to road travel
0: right right which this is not <laughs> not exactly like that this is uh I mean, we got. Plus, there's
1: liabilities for that. Now. <laughs> <laughs> right,
0: right, exactly. But you said you had a third point too.
1: Yeah, magic school bus, you'll probably get too. <laughs> right, right. Because yeah, just a bunch of young, interesting people um, with different like characters, and I mean, I talk, the the interns I met sounded great yesterday.
0: Yeah, it's cool, man. We really do have an incredible team. Um, I mean, it's people from all over the country, and you know, it's not just hippies, but it's kind of. Kind of young kids that are looking for an adventure and trying to do mm-hmm. something that's a little unorthodox.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, so what are like your other goals? I would ask. Uh, do the, do you know what your goals are? Um, it, or is there a plan basically, or um, is it like kind of a, just an experience? Or um, do the and do your interns kind of know what their goals are? Do they can they map map it out?
0: I mean, the, the, the initial idea was, here's this book, let's promote it, um, during a really relevant time, you know, where the country's pretty divided and there's a lot of, a lot of chaos kind of going on trying to do that. But then on top of that, we decided, okay, well, there's also sort of just an epic experience adventure aspect of this. And Mm -hmm. so we decided to start, start shooting the documentary and then decided to do this podcast so we could talk to people around the country and kind of get their different perspectives on different things. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I think I think the overall goal is a combination of trying to increase empathy and unity in a divided country, and also experiencing something that you typically wouldn't experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I think our our definitely like why and the 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 belief that we have behind it is that there's there's some bad signs in the country right now and i think the country could be in a much better place and we could be headed towards a much brighter future Mm -hmm. um yeah so those are the the very very mic macro
1: so so do you have uh specific um locations why start in baltimore and then do you have um specific places or cities that you you chose for specific reasons
0: so this is going to sound even more like a cult, but the uh, the reason we chose Baltimore is because uh, we have a farm up here, mm-hmm. and yeah, this is sounding really Manson esque. Uh, we've got a farm and a compound, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> basically. And uh, there was there was truthfully some stuff. Uh, you know, we didn't know what would happen with with the pandemic, and there was we there was some stuff we needed to finish up. So we decided to have orientation up at the farm, and it's. 25 minutes outside of the city Mm -hmm. so that's why we came to baltimore first so baltimore is kind of our test run of like all right let's go into the cities and meet people talk to people and see what this will look like in other ones Mm -hmm. and after this we're headed back to richmond we have a brewery uh send off party tomorrow and then charlotte nashville start heading west um and then eventually make it out to like Eugene, Oregon, Spokane, Washington, Colorado, those mm. sort of places. And I think for the, we chose the locations based on what types of people we thought would want to read books, mm. uh, but also I think there's certainly an aspect of you know what places did we want to visit. Um, there's not a lot of people are going to buy books at the Grand Canyon, but the Grand Canyon's pretty sick. So
1: yeah, I'm curious what you did at the FBI and did any of your experience there like have anything to do with the project?
0: So I worked FOIA, if do you know what that is, Freedom of Information Act? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So yeah. Putting uh, you know, redacted lines on classified documents and I the only reason I joined the bureau is to become an agent. And mm-hmm. so I was I was doing the analyst stuff to to get ready for agent and I think it motivated it a couple of ways. One, I saw a lot of stuff that the average human doesn't see about political corruption in, in Washington. Mm-hmm. So that kind of motivated me to write the book. I think another aspect of it was just really getting the first taste of corporate and bureaucracy and like a lot of other people, my age recognizing, Hey, this isn't exactly what we want to do for the rest of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, maybe, maybe we will end up doing it, but I, it definitely motivated me to, to take a chance at something big and something different. Yeah.
1: It's an, al- it's an allegory how, um, I haven't read it cause I just learned about it uh, yeah. yesterday, but how, um, obvious to the reader is your message or is it open to interpretation
0: i think it's there's layers yeah. i think there's aspects of it um i it was it's hard to write an allegory because if you make it too complicated only one percent of the population is going to understand it mm-hmm. but if you make it too simple then the intellectuals are, are not appeased by it uh-huh. so there, there's certainly a balance i think <laughs> I think, um, you know, the political aspects of it, like, it's pretty clear who the left is pretty clear who the right is, Mm -hmm. but there's some other existential themes. Um, you know, there's, it's not really positive whether some of the characters are like divine or whether some of the characters are like one character. You're not really sure if it's God, the devil or just something else. Mm Um, so yeah, there's, there's a little bit, a little bit of everything in there.
1: Yeah how long are you going to be out for,
0: uh, how uh, we're coming back, um, August 14th. So we've got about six weeks out on the road and, and then we'll be heading back. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. Are you, you got a pretty decent background in literature and everything?
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's rusty. Uh, just, I mean, I used to read a ton, but, um, once you start a business, even owning a bookstore, you're just, t- your time just disappears. Um, but I mean, I try, you know, I try to <laughs> yeah. try to keep up. I haven't been keeping up with new authors at all. To
0: be yeah, honest. for sure. You read more of the classics.
1: Yeah. Uh, just, yeah, I kind of seek out historical literature to read when I, when I have free time.
0: Cool. So. That's sweet, man. So we'll finish this thing up, but, uh, I guess last question is after you've heard about this, are, are we a cult or are we, uh, are we, what are we? What are uh, you, what are your overall thoughts on what we're doing this summer?
1: Um, it's really interesting to me. I still, I still probably, if, if we were chatting would have, um, a lot more questions um but but uh, no i mean it depends on you know what you get <laughs> what you do and what your message is i'm not uh, I, i'm just kind of joking around i think cults are really interesting and and uh i mean they're really sad when they're they happen in real life but um right. I'm just kind of joking around it does have like a few inter a few like elements of <laughs> like the, on the farm and, right. and the bus but um i mean uh, yeah depending on what you're doing it could be a great experience i think i would have hopped on just for the adventure whatever whatever it's going to be but um uh you're right about it being like a a time in history with like a lot of political turmoil so cool
0: man well i appreciate you being here and thanks for chatting it uh, truly was a pleasure and this is an awesome crib that you have here and uh i wish you guys the best with with all the future and stuff
1: thanks i'll keep up see how you guys are doing and uh wish you the best of luck
0: appreciate it man <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, people. Hope you enjoyed it. The bus tour is headed to Charlotte from June 29th to July 1st, Nashville July 1st to July 3rd, and Little Rock, Arkansas for the great 4th of July to celebrate America. If you guys want to check us out, June Garden Bus Tour on Insta, June Garden Tour on Facebook, and tune in for some up-and-coming conversations from people all across the country. See ya. Thank you.